Traveling the Vortex. Side trip. Daleks and Cybermen versus Cybermen. That's right, yes. Does anybody know anything about them? Because we don't. Yeah. So it's a sort of a, a two-a-side football team, is it? You know, yeah, probably. The Daleks, yes. are there. I mean, the, the, the Cybermen are win because they've got feet. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yes, well, with the football match, yes. Absolutely, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Right, yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, I'm going to sit down and get comfy. Well, I don't know. What, what, what can we actually say about Cybermen and, and Daleks? Uh, I suppose the, the Daleks were the, the most iconic, aren't they? I mean, they were the, 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 yeah. the first of, of, of Doctor's uh, enemy. Um, and, um, the first yeah. to utilise kitchen utensils to be scared. Absolutely. Yeah. And the first time that I came across a Dalek, uh, not in the sense of it, uh, it's like if, if we, we were in rehearsals, and you, in the rehearsal room, you only have a half a Dalek. That's right. Yeah. You see it, it's on wheels, and there's a guy sitting in it going, like, and moving it around there. And they don't put that on until the top bit, until we get into the studio. Um, but might, that was the first per time I saw a Dalek. First time I walked yeah, You're rehearsing a scene, and John Scott Martin, who's one of the Dalek operators, is sitting in the corner knitting. Yes. Not trying to be serious, and he's sitting and knitting away. Yeah, we have a lot of knitted Daleks, or knitting Daleks, I should say. Oh, um, we lost two already. It's all right. Sorry, we bored you already. Oh my God, that's awful. Look at that. And now they're totally embarrassed. Yes, they're walking down the corridor, uh -huh. absolutely in fits of embarrassment. <laughs> uh, we'll never see them again. Oh, they're going to the laboratory. Oh, they're going to the laboratory. Are they? Oh, yeah. right. or, or they're making their way to the test. Well, when they come back, we can say, we know where you've been. <laughs> But you know what you're doing. This is our job to embarrass people. But yeah, the first time I met the Daleks was uh, in the Evil of the Daleks, and I was always looking forward. And anybody who was in the tent yesterday, and we, if we're telling the same stories, sorry, we might be boring you again with the same stories. But uh, I always wanted to, to ride on the Dalek, and we actually had the the Emperor Dalek, which is huge Dalek. It was, oh, it was, it was higher than this, the ceiling of this, with all these baby Daleks. Uh, in the script, I had to say. Look at the balls on that thing, Doctor. <laughs> and of course I couldn't say it. I kept laughing. And Derek Martin said, oh, come on, grow up, grow up. I couldn't say it. So we changed it to, look at the size of that thing, Doctor. Yeah, yes, yeah, yes, yeah. It is a big one, isn't it? And that's really how we... Uh, <laughs> and that, we tried to sneak that into most of our stories. And in fact, the, um, the Seeds of Death, where we go into this museum, our first episode was a rocket ship and all this memorabilia. And I go... Look at the size of that thing. Yeah, yes, yeah, it is not big, isn't it? <laughs> but then years later, in the two doctors, I had to say, look at the size of that space station. And I changed it to look at the size. And John Nathan Turner went at the read-through. No, 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 producer wrote, it says, Jamie says, look at the size of that space station. And Patrick said, no, 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 Jamie always says, look at the size of that thing, doctor. And I go, yes, Jamie, it is a big one, isn't it? So that's how we kept it. Uh, and that was our <laughs> <laughs> It's a private joke. The fans love, obviously. They do. Yeah. They do. Yeah, yeah. 
No, I mean, I, I, my first experience of Daleks was when Doctor Who started. I mean, I was, I was 16. Yeah, I am really that old. Uh, when it started, and yeah, so Geek Central for me. And uh, yeah, it's all the Daleks. And, and when um, Matthew Robinson rang me up to, to be in the show, to ask me if I'd like to do the show, um, he said, do you know anything about Doctor Who? I said, yeah, yeah, I'm a great fan of it, you know, back in the early days. He said, uh, do you know anything about the Daleks? I said, yeah, of course I do, yeah, yeah. Sort of tin cans that, you know, exterminate people, that's it. <coughs> what about Davros? I said, I haven't a clue. Uzi, Uzi. Because I'd, I'd, I'd stopped watching after Pat, you know, I was off doing university and other things, and um, having a life, as they say. And uh, so he had to sit me down in front of uh, the genesis of the Daleks um, to bring me up to date on who Gambros was, and so, yeah, um, that was my first experience, really, of Daleks on screen. It's like Davros kills all known germs. It is, yeah, <laughs> absolutely, yeah, he's, uh, he's a well-known toilet cleaner. It's a part-time job, is it? It's a part-time yeah. job, absolutely, yeah, yeah. He just, uh, and he also, you know, hosts, you know, yeah. economic development meetings and things like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, my, my first, uh, 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 with the Daleks, was when we did um, Revelation of the Daleks. And, yeah. uh, um, but I, I, the, the reason I, I, I got that, I, Graham Harper, you probably know Graham Harper, great director, mm -hmm. and um, I was at drama school with Graham, I've known him for many, many years. <clears throat> and um, and he, he offered me the part, first of all, of the mutant, which appears from a pond at the beginning of the, of the episode. and. Uh, and I said, great, God, great, thanks, Graham. I'd love to do that. Brilliant, thank you very, very much. Brilliant. And then, then about a week later, he found out. I said, no, no. He said, what I'd like you to do, he said, I'd like you to play the part of Lilt, opposite another character played play by, it's called Tarkis. And like a, a, a comedy duo, rather sort of Laura and Hardy type thing. Ah, oh, I said, that's brilliant, mate. Thank you very much indeed. And he'd heard that Laurence Olivier, Lord Olivier, as he is or as he was, um, a knight of the uh, theatre, a knight of the realm, um, was wanted to do Doctor Who, was, would like to have been in Doctor Who. And so he apparently phoned uh, uh, Laurence Olivier's agent and said, I understand that uh, Laurence Olivier um, would like to be in Doctor Who and um, um, I would like to offer him the part of the mutant because Colin Spall has turned it down. <laughs> so, how true that is, I don't know. But apparently he did try to get through, but I think they may have put the phone down on him anyway. That's it. But that was my first uh, 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 time on, on, on Doctor Who. But just to finish, um, we all work for, for Big Finish. Did you, have you listened to Big Finish at all? Yeah. Hands yeah. up those who haven't heard of Big Finish. Oh, oh. You've got joy in, joy in store. Yeah, yeah. They're the most phenomenal stories, audio stories. With Colin with, Baker. With Colin Baker and, me and uh, Peter Davison and Paul McGann. And all and the companions. All the companions. And, yeah. and, um, and David Tennant now. Yeah, yeah. David Tennant's yeah. doing them as well. I pop in now and again. Yeah, you do pop in now and again, and then we throw you out, and uh, <laughs> we carry on. Uh, <laughs> but no, they're fantastic. And if you've got long driving to do, trust me, they're the best thing for driving. Yes. You know, you've got a long drive, an hour, sh shove the cassette in. It's a brilliant way to pass the time, it really is. But uh, yeah, big finish stuff. Lisa, so, Lisa Bowman directs most of them. Yeah. And I'm, yeah. I'm always trying to get in Jamie-isms or Patrick things, and she always says, no, 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 it's not in the script, it's not in the script. And, yeah, no. and I was doing one called Lords of the Red Planet, and John Donnie wrote it, it was a lovely story. And uh, I got to the scene, I went, Lisa, yes. I said, is John Donnie there, the writer? Yes. I said, well, you cannot cut my next line. It's He's written it. What is it? And it said, Jamie and the Doctor are looking at the rocket ship. The Doctor says, yes, Jamie, it is a big one, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> 
cannot cut it out. And that, that's in the Lord of the Red My favourite line, Lord of the Red Planet. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Jamie. <laughs> so, Cyberman. Mm. I, I actually played with Cyberman. No, that's it. I think about it. I played with Cyberman. Uh, yes, it's a hobby. Um, <laughs> no, I got invited by Matthew, having done Davros. He said, do you want to play a real person? You know, I said, yeah. Um, well, Cybermen are real people. No, no, yeah, oh, well, they, yeah, partly. Um, he said, I'm doing this thing called Attack of the Cybermen, and I need somebody to be this um, undercover police detective, you know. So, uh, yeah, so I got, to, I got to be killed by a Cyberman. Oh. Now, the great thing about Cybermen is they're really massive, and I love it. I mean, David Banks was it. And in fact, I now use that phrase, excellent, as Davros. But it was one of the Cybermen's phrases. David Banks always used it. Excellent, you know, when he oh, was yeah. crushing somebody, Rabbi. And um, at the end of the first episode, I came into the TARDIS with the Doctor. We got in through, which was the TARDIS was then um, an organ. It wasn't the, the police box. It had changed into an organ because oh. um, it had gone funny the comedian circuit. And we got in, and suddenly realised there were Cybermen in the TARDIS. And um, so I grabbed this gun and I shot this Cyberman um, who was coming through the door. You know. And then suddenly I turned around and the other people were coming in and I was backing up and a Cyberman came up behind me. And he had to chop me across the back of the head so I'd die, you know. Well, they're massive, these Cybermen. They really are enormous big guys, you know. And so this Cyberman lumbered towards me. And then it was a case of, you know, die, you brutes. Go yeah. on, lie down. <laughs> <laughs> so, can we do a bit more butch? You know, can we have a bit more <laughs> behind it? You know? So they had about three goes until he eventually nearly took my head off. As I lay across the floor. Then I got them in the box saying, uh, Terry, uh, we've got the wire that runs from the back wall to operate the TARDIS console. Oh, yeah. And we can see it when you fall. Could you fall so that you cover it? <laughs> cover the wall, cover the wire, which was 16 feet long, you know. And I'm not, <laughs> you know, hardly that big. Um, so I was having to do that as well. Now, the interesting thing about the TARDIS, and not many people know this, <clears throat> it has a self-cleaning system. If anyone dies in the, in the TARDIS, the body immediately disappears. Um, now, this self-cleaning system was instituted by the BBC Accounts Department. <laughs> because I died at the end of the episode one. Now, normally they reprise the mm. end of episode one in episode two. If my body had been there at the beginning of episode two, I'd have got another flea. So the TARDIS self-cleaned my body. <laughs> Courtesy of the Cybermen. Yeah, Bernard Holly, got, he got two parts, because he got killed in the tomb of the Cybermen in episode one. In episode two, he was there, and he always says he got full, full money again for lying on the floor. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I didn't, because I wasn't on the floor. <laughs> yeah. you know, they, they wiped me. And the Cooperative Funeral Society now use that in their uh, brochure. <laughs> it's, it's much cheaper. It's much cheaper. Yeah, it's yeah. Much cheaper. Die in the TARDIS. That's right. Yeah, the TARDIS. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, the Tomb of the Cybermen, um, hands up those who have seen the Tomb of the Cybermen. Well, we had Maurice Barry, the, the director, and he wasn't uh, known for his sense of humour. And Patrick and I wanted to put a gag in, and we knew that if we'd put it in a rehearsal, he would have said, no, 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 not having it. So on the take, when we go into this huge tube, Toblerone wrote the door and somebody's died, we go in, and in the script, we're supposed to grab Victoria's hand and say, come on, Victoria, it's all right, and we walk in. But on the take, we arrange that we grab each other's hand. We go, come on, and we go, like Laurel Hardy, and go and get, get it. We never told her either. And she said, what are the boys doing? They're supposed to grab my hand. And the scene carried on cut. Morris Barry went furious, but uh, Peter Bryant, who was the producer, was in the box upstairs. He said, 
No, actually, that's just what we needed. We had all this tension of somebody getting electrocuted, open the doors, then Toblerone opens the doors, and we creeping in. Just what we needed, a little bit of whew, to, to break that. So um, our little gag was in there, and it's there for all to see. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> My, uh, my, um, uh, the, when I worked with the Cybermen um, on the episode that I did with the Rise of the Cybermen, Age of Steel, anyone's, has anyone seen that one? Yeah, great. And, uh, thank you. And um, the, the, I came out my, my, my caravan thing, my dressing room, and, uh, and th these guys were walking towards me. God, were they intimidating. I mean, huge. And, and they really looked magnificent. I mean, the, it was the new type of the time, and they the, put the new... Uh, the Robocop yeah, yeah, the Robocop. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. And, um... But I, I died at the end. I, I get killed by a Cyberman, and um, we had we had a the, the idea was he would grab me and pick me up and throw me across the room. So that was fine. So we had this rig, um, a wire rigged up, and and I had a had two so a lot of clothing because the, one of the clothing had to have a holes drilled through it and um, and a, a, a wire harness. I was fitted to a harness. Uh, so when the actual guy grabbed hold of me and went like that. The guy is pulling it. Whoop, they shot me, shot me backwards across the studio, landing on a on, on mattresses and things. Um, but uh, a, a couple of times, it was it, I didn't have the straps adjusted quite oh. right on the, uh, oh. on the and um, and uh, but I had to do it twice because I, I oh. had to lie down for ten minutes. <laughs> oh. did, yeah. he have, did he have any dialogue? <laughs> after that? No, no, couldn't do it. Could not speak. By that time, my heart was brown bread. It was all over for me. So, uh, thank God for that. Yeah. Hey. I still think our Cybermen were the, 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 the baddies because they had silver boots on and sprayed silver Wellington boots, rubber. And they could walk up behind you and just grab you, whereas these new lot, your lot, oh, you could well, hear them come in and they would go there, yeah. or vice versa. Yeah. 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 One of the, somebody asked me um, a little while ago that uh, what was the strangest thing that I've ever seen at a convention. And Fraser and I were in Colorado Springs a little bit of a year ago, or whatever it was, and um, there was a lady who had a tortoise, um, but Daniel Small tortoise, about, about a foot and a half in diameter, um, to which she attached four little Daleks on strings. So this poor thing was wandering along the corridor of the hotel, dragging three Daleks behind it. I've never seen anything like it. I wish I'd have taken a photograph. That is outrageous. I mean, the poor Daleks being dragged along. I know. Along. Uh, uh, Dread tortoise, I mean, you know. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, that tortoise, didn't it? Oh. Oh. Yeah. Oh. These are the jokes. I knew I shouldn't have done this. Knew I shouldn't have done this panel with Fraser. David Watney went out with a Cybermen once. Um, really? Reg, uh, Reg Whitehead. He's about seven foot two, yeah. and he asked her out for I a date. Thought you were going to say Reg Varney for a minute. No, no. <laughs> and they went out to a nightclub, and he, he got up to dance. And of course, he had to pick her up. That's so eye to eye because her feet were just dangling. And well, she's only three inches tall anyway. Yeah, 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 yeah. So she dated a Cyberman. Yeah. Did Debbie and Wendy? I mean, they're they're they're, they're the big big as this car. Oh, they're tiny. Can I can I just ask you about about Daleks because they keep on changing. I mean, we've been through various generations of Daleks. We've had you know grey ones, we've had white ones, we've had black ones, and we've had the Teletubbies, um, <laughs> which we try to forget about. But, uh, you know, do people like that? I mean, do you think it's right that they all should it just always be the same? 
It's like the Cybermen have evolved from the Mondean ones that we've got in the new series. Oh dear, I said that one out of the back. Um, uh, you know, through to the, you know, to the to the um, Robocop ones, haven't we? Do you think that's a good idea, or would you prefer them all to be? There we are. I ask the intelligent questions, and everyone goes dead silent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you see? Yeah. No, they're all thinking. You like you like different ones. Yes. Yeah. 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 Okay. Oh, no, I'm with you on that. Actually, I think it is good. Absolutely, uh, the yeah, doctor yeah, changes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why can't yeah. they? Yeah, yeah. Well, so somebody figures out I need a way to kill them. Obviously, well, gee, we'll just plug them right here. We'll great plug the hole and then you don't move on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Otherwise, they're going to be extinct. Real quick. This is yeah. true. Yeah. 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 So I think the thing is Daleks versus Cybermen. So who do you think would win? Daleks. We have a show of hands for Daleks. Show of hands for Cybermen. Okay. <laughs> Well, see you, Carl. That's great. Cheers, mate. Thank you. Yes, I mean, yes, they, 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 do, they do sort of... Um, but the, both the Daleks and the Cybermen, I find interesting. It's a bit like, you know, um, zombies. You know, mm. you can always get away from zombies because they always lumber. You know, and the zombies are the same. You know, uh, or vampires or whatever. They will come with stretchy arms, you know. And it's the same with the Daleks, they kind of trundle towards you or the side and go bomb, 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 and you can get away. Why don't they have fast, you know? Yeah, the, neither are very speedy, aren't they? No, they're they, not. They, they no. need a thrust or some sort they of... They do, yes. Whatever, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, the Daleks are flying around. But, yes, of course. Yeah. But they can fly, though, yeah. The yeah, they can fly, fly yeah. 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 Ours couldn't fly. We, ours no, they, they, they always could, yeah. 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 We could never go upstairs with ours. No. We, we'd run upstairs and they, that was it. They were nothing. Yeah. They couldn't get us. Uh, well, that's it, mate. Yeah. Oh, that was the early version of the Daleks because hmm? you used to have child rails to stop them getting upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> child cage at the bottom of the stairs. That's no it. Daleks. You know, that was it. Couldn't get up. <laughs> we're we're going to answer it. Open it to questions. Why don't yes, we get yeah. to questions? Yeah, does anybody right, have any questions? Yes, come yeah. on down, sir. Oh. You've won tonight's star prize. Come and get a question. <laughs> Cut the dancing. <laughs> okay, so I've always wondered. You've played the role of Davros pretty much this whole entire time. Mm -hmm. Were there any alternative ideas or stories for Davros that never occurred that they decided to go different directions with? Uh, I don't know. We don't know these things. They, they no. kind of do them in secret. I mean, the only thing I, I like is the fact that when Big Finish came along, it opened up a whole new tranche of stories because um, they could really go in places that they wouldn't do in the, in the, in the television. And we had, you know, the miniseries called I Davros, which traces Davros's, uh, you know, uh, journey from a 15-year-old boy up to the creation of the first Dalek. So the very end of the series ends with the very first Dalek saying, I am alive. Um, so you see that transition from Aryan youth to monster and how it happens, right. which they're now starting to feed into the thing. But uh, in those days, that was the things they didn't stick with. They did uh, all kinds of uh, you know other things. They were all battles and stuff. So now, I don't know what they had planned and what they threw away and what scripts they got or whatever. Yeah. Another question from anyone? Yes. I just have to say this because we're on the subject of I Davros. If anyone hasn't listened to I Davros. Get it. It's a four CD set. It's it will his voice will give you goosebumps. It's the best thing I've ever heard from 
big finish, and you've got to listen to I Never. <laughs> Thank you, yes, right, that's about don't feel not a rather personal. That's about three hundred dollars you owe her. Man. Yeah, I do. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. yeah, you can get a big finish for and you can download it, so you don't have to get CDs. You can download it, whatever. But there's a lot, a lot of big finish titles. They do all sorts of stuff. Fraser and I did. Uh, uh, was it not the dying light? Was it, the, it was the dying light. Was it the dying light? Yeah, yeah. the companion chronicle. That was the only one we've done together. Isn't yeah, it? yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, where Fraser was doing him and Pat and Patrick, and, and, and I was playing a, a time lord called Stoin, who had been trapped on the TARDIS when the Doctor first stole it, and had got damaged. Was trying to recapture the TARDIS and take it back to Gallifrey. And it was, yeah. it was all to do. Was it all to do with mirrors and things and the moon and things? Was it? Was that that one or was that? No, there was another time? one called the that Mirror was, Queen or something. Uh, uh, Luna, Luna Romana. Yeah. Yeah. Was yeah. Wendy in that one? Uh, Wendy was in. No, she, yeah. yeah. I think she was. I can't remember. The, the, one of my favourite ones is that I did. It's called Salation Gambit. And uh, as Terry said, I, I get it. We put in a car, long journey, and, and you go, oh, yeah, yeah, love. And we go, oh, I'm playing Ben then. Yeah. Oh, there's me, Jamie. Oh, I'm doing the doctor. Oh, I play the old dowager there. Oh, I play, oh, oh, I'm playing the bank manager. Oh, the, the salation, oh, I'm playing the monsters. Oh, I'm playing nine characters out of the ten. So I got to my journey, I rang David Richardson. I said, David, um, I've just listened to the salation gambit. I said, there's ten characters, you know, and, and I play nine of them. If you'd bought me a pair of tight jeans, I could have done Polly as well. <laughs> yes, they're very good at uh, you know, double casting people. Mm, mm. So that uh, it's saving them money. But, uh, yeah. Well, not that they pay anything really anyway, did we? Yeah. They go for the food. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's true. It's yeah, absolutely, absolutely true. true. Toby, absolutely Toby true. who is the uh, uh, studio manager, <coughs> he is the most phenomenal chef. And he produces in this cupboard. It's literally the size of a, mm. you know, yeah. the size of that table. Yeah, that's right. He produces the most phenomenal lunches. Yeah. You know, hot curries and all sorts of beautiful yeah. grilled salmon, grilled salmons and, yeah. and desserts yeah. to die for, and, and he's doing that while he's actually still recording. He'll just yeah. out yeah. talking about something and fiddle something else and come back and you know and suddenly it appear. So yeah, yeah, we just go for the food. You know. <laughs> yeah. <coughs> yeah. Another yeah. question. Yes. Yeah. Any more questions? No. Oh. Beating no. them into submission. Yeah. 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 Yes, sir. Come on down, sir. Ask your question. going to ask, you know, when are the Cybermen going to get an upgrade that lets them compete with the Daleks so they get more hands? <laughs> I'm afraid the Cybermen are a bit like Microsoft computers, you know, they fail all the time, you know. <laughs> you know, whereas the Daleks are Apple, you know, and we, yeah. <laughs> we don't do, deal with dark viruses. Yeah, yeah well, I mean, who, who knows? Well, the new lot, the mon well, the old lot, I should say, they've got the Mondeans, haven't they? I found those scary. Did you wish for the what, the, 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 the the new the, the old ones with the big with the late with the um, kind of stocking mask heads. Oh, the cyber. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the, yeah. yeah. More more frightening more, than more, the more, 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 the the the, 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 the yeah. somebody what they call Mon Mondas the Mondas yeah, Mondas Mondas uh, Cybermen because they were scary because you could realise you really did see they were humans. Yeah, they were human inside. Yeah, you know, upgraded but. You know, with the stocking masks. Through business class, did they? Yeah, well, <laughs> it's more about premium economy. I oh, think. yes, yeah. that's more like it. Yes. <laughs> uh, another question. Any more yeah. questions? Uh, 
preference when you when you get into a script mm -hmm. and they hand it to you and it's a Dalek episode or something? Is, is there a part of you that goes, oh, good, it's a Dalek episode, or is there a part of you that's like, oh, uh, it's one of these because you know you're going to have a certain set of I'm going to have to run and find some stairs and that kind of thing. That was all the stories. We, we always yeah. had to run and fight. run and flight upstairs yeah. and, and, and scream when they had uh, Debbie flying. Yeah, I mean. I'm just deviating slightly. We had Ice Warriors. We were the first company Ice Warriors, and Bernard Breslau, who was a very famous actor, he had to be bolted into this Ice Warrior costume, and once he was in it, he couldn't sit down. So his his dresser used to have a, a little shooting stick that he could stick up his bottom, and, and so he could lean back at least. If you're doing a scene without an Ice Warrior and you're being all dramatic, you look in the corner of your eye, and there, on one of the other sets, is this Ice Warrior. Reading the Racing Post. And the way the way the Ice Warriors killed somebody, there was a, a mirror, a very, very highly shiny mirror, but it was rubber. So the actor would run up to his mark, the camera wouldn't point at the actor, it would point at the mirror, and a prop man would then pull the mirror, this rubber, and it looked like the body of the actor getting killed was convulsive. I mean, one was the ice warrior was chasing this extra who was going to get killed. Kill him, kill him. And the actor hit his mark, and the camera was there, and it popped around, and the handle came off. So the mirror stayed complete. Like, and the ice warrior, ah, shit, Mr. Bugger. <laughs> yes, things always go so beautifully well in studio, don't they? They do, yes. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, because they, they don't tell you. I mean, I remember in Resurrection of the Daleks, I was meant to be in my lab, and the, some of the other Daleks of a faction blew the doors off the lab, you know. And they just say, oh, it's just going to be a little sort of little bang while we, you know. So I'm sitting there in my chair, you know, and this, bam! And half the entire BBC television centre flies towards me. And I'm like, whoa! Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, they tell you exactly what's going to happen. Well, in the war games, we it was set in World War One, and we were shot at like the rubbish dump, and it was built like a World War One trench. And again, we were stood there, and the director said, "Well, there's an explosion, and, uh, and it's a bomb blows up." Patrick said, "How big is it going to be?" He said, "Oh, don't worry, Patrick. We'll, um, He's offering me a gin and tonic." All oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> so Patrick, can we, can we see an explosion? No, we can't. It's all been set now. But Patrick, I want to see how big it's going to be. So we can react to it. Look, we'll get the, the explosive expert. He'll show you. Fred, Fred, and this guy came along. Half his face gone and two <laughs> fingers missing. <laughs> this is Fred. Unfortunately, he lost a couple of fingers last week putting an explosion and it, he put too much powder in it. And Patrick went, blow it. Now. <laughs> and they blew it. And this rock that was hidden blew and landed right where Patrick would have been standing. So it's always yeah. worthwhile to say, can, can you just see what the explosion's yes. going to be like? Yeah. Now, Michael Caine says when people say to him, that all you have to do is you know, jump off this building, run along there, you wade through the tub of snakes, and, yes, you know, yes. wrestle the alligator, you know, the large building would collapse on top of you, you know, it's perfectly safe, you know. Yes. And he always says, fine, lovely. Well, you show me how it's done. <laughs> I remember the old movie star, Victor Mature, the lovely old Hollywood movie star. He said, right, Victor, you, you dive in the river and you, you swim across the river and you, you're rescuing the heroine. He said, this, this river's full of alligators. Yeah, yeah, don't worry, Miss Mature, 
we've had a prop man firing bullets, you know, shotgun blast, for the last 10 minutes, scaring the alligators away. He said, yeah? What about the deaf ones? <laughs> <laughs> so we have another question. Yes, sir. I know when, like, props go wrong and, bad, and you have issues, and they're like, you're under pressure, like, let's move, move, move. It, it's, you have time to kind of collect yourself, or you get, you're under the gun, we gotta get this done. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, this is, uh, it, something happened to me, but it was nothing to do with Doctor Who. Um, uh, many, many years ago, I, I was doing a television series for the BBC called Great Expectations, in which I played Pip, um, uh, as Pip as the boy. And there was a scene with Estella, um, I, I, I know we're going away from Doctor Who, um, we're talking about props there, and uh, there was a game, a card game that we had to play. Dickens wrote this, it, it, it's in the, in the book, he, uh, Pip puts down an ace, Estella puts down a three, and uh, Pip puts down a, and uh, describes the game. So this was all set, all arranged. <coughs> Excuse me. It was all arranged, and uh, so when the game, then she said, let's play Pip, so she picks up these cards and splits them in half, and they've been set so that whoever starts first, they will then come out in the correct order. But obviously, and then we broke before we actually went live on air. Um, and it was live on air in those days. So at five o'clock we were counted down. We came to this particular scene, and I saw this sort of strange look in, in the, the girl that was playing Stella's eyes, and she handed me my cards. And we started playing, and they were in no order whatsoever. We had no, no idea what was happening. So eventually, after being going, I could see vaguely in the back of my peripheral vision, one of the floor managers going, do something different. And I'm, I'm 13 years old, for Christ's sake. Yeah. And so <laughs> I eventually looked through my cards and I said, all these cards are playing this, I think you've won. And we carried on the scene. Wow, that was, uh, we, yeah. just, we just loved it. Yeah. We can go back to Doctor Who now. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's interesting. Revelation of the Daleks. Yeah. Revelation of the Daleks. Yeah, there's a scene in the laboratory where Davros's head is in a tank, swinging around, you know. So it looks as though it's just a head. And they built this contraption, so it just looked as though it was my head. And I was on a swivel chair, bolted into this thing. And they built it, so it looked as though there was nothing underneath, with all these steel columns and things, you know. Which is fine. So we're on the floor, they put me in this place, I start to turn around and start to take my kneecap off on the upright because they haven't measured me in relation to the thing. So they don't have time to do things. You know, we can't stop now and rebuild the thing so that it fits you, no. So they come up with the bright idea of tying my legs up underneath <laughs> me to the back of the chair. And I have to pull myself around with my hands. Um, which was causing a fair degree of, of uh, yeah, you know... Discomfort. Yeah, absolutely. Not, the, not only discomfort, but, you know, because legs were dropping off. But bless him, Graham was doing that, and he realised what was happening. Thankfully, most of the stuff I had in that was either reaction shots or a couple of lines tops. And we shot all those scenes, bang, 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 in about 25 minutes. Mm. And they released me, and, you know, off to A&E uh, for the rest <laughs> of the day. But, uh, yeah, one suffers for one's art. Uh, yeah. And uh, things do go wrong, but yeah. so usually they go around it. Was there a big queue at A and E when you had to go? Yeah. Uh, was it? Massive. I was. Yeah, I was at A and E few a little a few uh, weeks ago, and the queue was so long that the, the bloke at the head of the queue was in for a musket wound. 
Back to Doctor Who. Back to Doctor Who. Which which episode was that? The musket wound was. I was asked to do the five doctors, and I was doing a soap opera at the time called Emmerdale Farm, and they wouldn't release me. So JNT said, "Well, if you've got a couple of days, Fraser, I want you to do it." And I got sort of two days, Wednesday and Thursday, and I said, "I've got next Wednesday, Thursday." I said, "Right, I want you in it. I want you in it." I was supposed to be with Patrick all the way through, but uh, they made him the, the brigadier, join him instead. And it was just those two lines in the five doctors. No, the brigadier's right. Ah, that was it. And I thought I want to go down and see Patrick again, so I went down. We went to the Acton Hilton, which is the big rehearsal room, the BBC used to rehearse it, and there was Peter Davison there, there was John Pertwee, all the doctors, and I saw Patrick and Wendy, we just leapt on each other, we rolled over, giggling and laughing, you know, tickling, and John Pertwee, he went to Sarah Jane, you don't do it with me, tickling, lying on the floor, tickling, no, go on, you know, we, we don't have, we have so much fun, and at the end of it, uh, Jane T said, well, Fraser, it was so much fun, do you want to do some more? I went, oh, yeah. He said, well, um, I'll put you in the, you know, the two doctors. So a year later, the, the two doctors with, with Colin and, and um, Perry. Yeah. Nicola. Nicola. Nicola Bright. Yeah. yeah. <coughs> Senior moment. So if I hadn't done those three lines or four lines, if I said I can't be bothered on my day off to do those two lines, I would never done the two doctors. But that was, we, we flew to Seville in Spain, but the wigs didn't turn up. And so for two days, we sat by the swimming pool drinking and, and swimming and, and waiting for these wigs to arrive. and. They never turned up, so in the end, Peter Moffat said, well, look, Patrick, you just have to go comb your hair forward, and they make it, I had to arrange Chassini's hair and, and everybody else's hair, and that was fine. Because uh, we were two days, we lost two days, but at the end of the 10 days, Peter Moffat came into the bar one night and said, well, uh, we've shot everything now. We were two days behind, it was such a happy shoot, everybody knew, knew the lines and everything. I, we have to stay for two more days because the, the, the charter jet can't come over early <laughs> and the hotels are booked. So go to your hotel rooms, work out any scenes that you think could then be from the studio put into location. So we went upstairs, met for breakfast the next day, I said, that scene I do best, couldn't Colin do that? And um, in the end we sort of caught up and didn't, there was more in the two doctors, there was more location stuff that should have been in the studio mm -hmm. because it was such a happy shoot and Peter Moffat was such a lovely, lovely director right. and we all get on so well together. So not if you're two, ba two days behind, you don't, yeah. you're chasing your tail, so you quickly <coughs> act faster. But, I mean, there is a problem with, with, with Doctor Who, I mean, and coming back to do things. I very nearly didn't do Remembrance of the Daleks because I was actually... Um, you forgot. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't remember a thing. Like that. The, 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 the what? The what? I don't know whether. But I was actually working on a, a series at Central called Tales of Sherwood Forest, which has nothing to do with Robin Hood. It was, oh. <coughs> it was about a, a wine bar in Nottingham called the Sherwood Forest, run by Pete Postlethwaite, who had this fantasy about um, turning it into Rick's Bar from Casablanca. Uh -huh. And it was, it was an Alan Plater idea. So we had these sort of double, the, you, you, were double you were double cast. You were cast as uh, myself and two others, Jack Carr and, and uh, uh, Bernie, were cast as the version, Nottingham's version of the craze, the, the, the gangsters. But we were also the Nazis in the Rick's Cafe American uh, version oh, as yeah. well. So everybody became the character in Casablanca. And uh, so I was right up to my knees in that, because there was about six episodes of that. And they came through and wanted this, to do this. And, there were days, obviously, we you film and sometimes when you're in episodes or not needed. So I went to the director, uh, Peter James, I said, look, 
is it possible I get these days off? He said, no, no, I don't need you. <coughs> so I said, JMT, I'm sorry, I don't think I can do it. And he then contacted the producer, and they went into this negotiation of a sort of a lease lend, <laughs> where I was lent to the BBC in the morning, but a central had me in the afternoon. Uh, and I couldn't go into the studio if we were filming. So that's why I actually ended up with one day in studio. That's all I did. Because um, I was meant to be doing the battle computer voice and all sorts of things. Um, so yeah, you can nearly miss it. But James, he was very faithful to his actors. Mm -hmm. He really, if he wanted somebody, because when I first did it, it was only because Michael Wisher wasn't available, and I assumed he'd be back the next time. But JMT liked what he saw, and they'd done a new mask. He said, look, come back and do it again, and then wanted me to do it again. Yeah. You know, so he was a great, great, great producer. Hmm. He was, he was. Who is it? Oh, it's boring. Sure, 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 and and uh, he, he didn't actually die, 
charged and all the fingers were <laughs> with green blood everywhere you know? oh. and um, so they did this and I said damn you doctor and all this and when they did the reverse Colin Baker had picked up one of my fingers and shoved it out of his mouth <laughs> <laughs> and Jay and said Colin no no really uh, in, in the two doctors we had a, a, a scene where um, Patrick uh, and um, Chokai, both Andrew Gums, walking down this, this dusty road in Spain, and then Perry, the doctor, and me, we had to follow afterwards, and we, we, we ran after them, passed the camera, cut. Uh, sorry, boys, we had to go again. Um, Patrick forgot his lines, so we, Patrick, uh, Polly and I, and Nicola went up to the top of the hill. They went ahead of us, chatting away, passed the camera. We ran down after them, catch up, cut. Uh, what? Uh, 
what's his name? John Stratton, forgotten one of his lines. It's a Colin Bird. So we went back up there, put our glasses on, sat back, had a quick, oh, right, took another take. We did five takes. The sixth take, we, don't know, we ran past the camera, cut, we've got to go again. And Colin went, why? Why are we going again? Why are we going again? We've done six takes. Colin, you still had your sunglasses on. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's very difficult to top that. I can't top that building to do Doctor Who. Once again, I'm going to have to go away from Doctor Who. Back in time. All I was doing was television series many years ago. Once again, oh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I'll, I'll make it very quick. You say that to all the girls. You notice I did stop there for that. Yeah, I, was yeah. um, I, was doing, I was doing a telly series many years ago as a young actor. Um, it was a, I, maybe you may have read in this book called um, Heidi. Did any of you, ladies, yes. it was a, a book called Heidi um, by Joanna Spryer, I believe it was written by. Um, and it was all set in Switzerland. Of course, the BBC did not uh, have the money to fly us all out to Switzerland on location, so we filmed at the local zoo called Whipsnade Zoo, which is in. Um, Somewhere in uh, uh, about 10, 15 Whipsnade. miles out. Whipsnade Zoo. In Whipsnade. Yes, in Whipsnade. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Another senior moment. Yeah, yeah. And um, we were filming, and this, there was a scene where I played Peter the goat herd, and, I, and we had this young girl, Heidi, and it was supposed to be the mountains, the Swiss mountains. And um, I had this scene when I was herding the, about sort of 20 goats up the mountainside. And um, we'd rally, we had the goat wrangler there, and he got all the goats in a sort of some, some semblance of order, um, ready for me to, and we, we got the cue to action. So I started herding them, and um, I don't know, using herding phrases like, get me move on, and things like that. And um, eventually we said, cut, they said, cut, stop, stop, stop. Said, why, why have we stopped? And we said, they said, look, and we all turned around, and at the back of the set were three kangaroos going, bam, bam, bam. <laughs> Switzerland? <laughs> <laughs> right, another question, sir. Uh, I I've got one for Colin. Uh, oh dear. When you played Mr. Crane <laughs> yeah. in the <laughs> in, in the uh, uh, Cyberman two-parter, uh, did you find any? Did you bring anything to that role from somewhere else? Because that character is genuinely creepy. Because he's really kind of a gentleman, and he comes across just as as an, an every guy. But he's he actually comes out to be very creepy because he's kind of the henchman. No acting required. No. <laughs> <laughs> and he did bring his own suit. I don't know. I, no, I, I can't think that I did anything. I, I had lots of things going through in my mind at the time. Um, and, but but the, the thing with that is, the difficulty with that is the fact that you, we didn't have rehearsal time. You don't have a lot of time to build up a character. Um, because it's not like the old days when I when I did um, uh, the Revelation of the Daleks. You don't have time to build a character because you, you you learn your lines, you go up to Cardiff, and you have a sort of a vague idea of the way you want to play it. And hopefully the you, the, the director's going to say, "Yeah, I like the way you're doing that, Colin." And then you know you word run and shoot it. So yeah, there's a lot of things going through my mind, and maybe maybe they, they all gel together at one particular. I, I, I really cannot say. Um, but it just it just happened that way. But yes, he did turn out to be a bit more of a gentleman. He did sort of realise the error of his ways in in some respects. But uh, yeah, but it's a good question. But thank you for that. Thank you. It's a, it's, a, it's a question you get a lot. Of people have have you put. And I remember yeah. uh, Tony Hopkins being asked about uh, Silence of the Lambs. He said, "How do you do that? How do you create that evil?" You know, he said, uh, "Basically, don't blink and talk very slowly." 
and quietly. And that's it. All he, he did. So technically, that's all he did. He yeah. did not blink when he was on camera. When I was a little boy, I was, I, I've always wanted to do a cowboy film. And John Wayne was in England doing, I think, Brannigan or McHugh, one of those films. And I, I was doing another film at another lot. And we met in the corridor, and I, Mr. Wayne, Mr. Wayne, uh, I, I love cowboy films. You're, 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 you're my, I mean, your biggest fan. How do I get into cowboy films? He said, son, just walk slow and talk low. <laughs> Another question? Yes, yes, sir. Oh, Mr. Gumby. Very good one. Nothing to do with brains, I trust. No, it's no brains at this table. Come and join us. I'm in my room. This is this question is actually for anyone who would like to answer. If there was a single part of the Doctor Who universe that you could have as a real part of your life, what would that be? While we're thinking about that, I remember yeah. talking about brains. Yeah. There was an old, there was a, a, a thing, they would have the Brains Trust. There was a big oh, yeah. radio program where they'd have these very erudite people come around and talk about things at, at RAF camps. And they put up this thing tonight at seven, come and watch the Brains Trust. And somebody just removed the T at the beginning. So at seven, come and see the Brains Rust. <laughs> <laughs> So, where do we want to be? Uh, I'd, I'd like to be in uh, Leela's bedroom, I think. You'd like to be in Leela's bedroom. Leela and Jamie were the only two characters or companions to carry knives or yeah. carry any weapons at all. Yeah. And I always have this fantasy of, of the, say, Tom Baker tied up and the water's rising. And I go, I better cut the rope. She says, No, he is my doctor. I will cut the rope. So, no, you're just a real lassie. I'll cut the rope. No, I am not the lassie. Then we have a fight and we wrestle on the ground. She's wrestling. And, we try, and he's going, For God's sake, somebody cut the rope. You know, the water. <laughs> you know, I rip off her loincloth. And she says, No man has ever done that to me before. Come. She kisses me. You know, I'm just going upstairs for a shower. <laughs> Lena's an amazing character, I have to say. Yeah. One of the first experiences of cosplay I ever had was in Chicago. You, you as Leela? Oh. No, 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 not really as Leela. No, but this, 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 this man came dressed as Leela, with a beautiful you know, costume, wanted me to sign the costume, and I suddenly got cramp in my right wrist because oh. they were over 27 stone and they had a beard. Oh. And uh, I just went, oh, really? You know. They said, yeah, come on, just sign the costume, boy. I'm going, right, okay, fine, lovely. But I had a Leela, and she was gorgeous. She, yeah. she had these long legs and loincloth, and she said, Fraser, would you mind signing my, my leg here? And I, I, I signed my full name. <laughs> <laughs> Fraser Simpson Frederick Gold Willoughby Papa House and Hyde. <laughs> <laughs> Me, I think I want to be in Leela's bedroom with you, mate. <laughs> yes, I'll give you the right. We'll, we'll tell Leela to leave. Then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. oh, I, don't know I, I knew we should have done this panel. Oh, no, we should, we Faithful, we, we, we've never done a panel. The three of us, this is the no, first time ever, ever we've done a panel together. Yeah. We've always done a different panel, you know, with yeah, somebody else. Uh, as a vet. Uh, we did a panel together, didn't we? Yeah, we've done a couple of panels, yeah. 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 But, uh, oh, it's yeah, been yeah. great fun, really. No, it's it's been fun. Lovely. I, I hope you've all enjoyed it as well. Yeah. How's the game going? Yeah. yeah. You're never there yet. Have you, have you hit the big boss yet? 
Okay, thank goodness for that. Right. Uh, another question. Have we got another question? What, how, how long have we got? We've got, time have we got people with large Probably books. Probably got time for another question. Over there. One more, yeah. Lady here. We'll come back to you as well. No, you had a question already. Oh. <laughs> and you snitched at us earlier. Um, I just had a quick uh, question for you, Fraser. So, um, are you aware of the Outlander series? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, how do you feel? I mean, I don't know if everyone else knows that Outlander is, but the main character, his name is Jamie Fraser, mm -hmm. and he, the author, started writing these books as almost a Doctor Who fan fiction, which you know turned into whole another thing. So, mm -hmm. uh, how do you feel about you know somebody taking that character that he basically? Owned and then turning it into this well-known thing. Oh, I, I, I loved it. In fact, when I was in this soap in England, Emmerdale Farm, I got a book from Diana Gabaldon saying she'd watched me in the war games and, and liked the kilt and the legs and everything. And she said she went to church the next day and all she could think of was looking at the vicar and thinking of my legs and the kilt and all that. <laughs> and she wrote this book and she sent it to me and I took it to the head of drama at Yorkshire Television said, we've got to do this, and I want to play Jamie. This is going 30 years ago, so I, I, was, I could play Jamie then. And they were, oh no, it's far too expensive, and far too expensive. we can't do it, can't do it. And then the next day I knew that they were making the TV series, and um, I wanted to be in it, obviously, and uh, I think the offer of me is, do you want to be Jamie's father? But there's no dialogue, it's only, it's only in flashback. Well, flashback on television is, there's no dialogue, it's only five seconds. So I thought, no, I want to speak. So I did Sir Fletcher Gordon, and I keep dropping hints saying, I think Sir Fletcher should come back. You know, he should be in just that one episode. But uh, no, it's great to, to spawn something like that. And, uh, and that's how it began. You know, just Diana watching an old, and she, I thought she called it Jamie, obviously Jamie, phrased after me. And I met her once at a, at a function. She was signing all these books. And I, I was doing a radio show, How Jamie Meets Diana, for Radio 4. And I stood at the back of the queue with my sound recorders. And as we got to the end, I had the book that she'd sent me 30 years previously. I said, can you just sign that to the original Jamie? She said, to the original Oh my God, how are <laughs> And we met up, and, and it was great. But um, no, I'd like to have done it. I think Yorkshire TV should have, should have made it all those years ago. Because look at the hit it is now. It's, it's marvelous. It's nice to be part of it like that. But thank you for the question. Thank you. <coughs> another question. I think we've got time probably for about another couple. Yes, sir. Is, is there a, a Dalek or Cyberman story that you want to do and haven't? <coughs> is there a Dalek or Cyberman story you want to do but haven't? Um, uh, that's um, animal with vegetable connection. Um, yes. <laughs> the Cyberman catch, captures Leela, rips off her mouth Jamie comes to rescue her. I, <laughs> and I and I help you. <laughs> yeah. And, and then Davros genetically re-engineers her into a yeah. oh yes into a, well, a Dalek. Yeah. Yes. Um, uh, well, we don't know. I mean, you come up with all sorts. We, of I think ideas. we really would. Uh, can you name all the Doctor's companions for yeah. the year uh, nineteen uh, sixty-three? Yeah, please. And uh, uh, in your own time. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Is this your mum? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh, run, Fraser, run, run. I'll, I'll teach you not to listen to our panel. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, we're going we're to wrap it up there, but thank you so much for looking, for watching this. Thank you, thank you very much. Thank you. 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 Thank
have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied.